Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Live from the Busy Bee Honey Factory in Tabernacle, New Jersey, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 186. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. I'm Cash. I'm Scott. This is Mark, no joke. <laughs> this is Tom. <laughs> and I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. Stamp collecting news. Okay, so Scott, you're back from the Columbus Stamp Show, and I know they had the first day um, for the Dragon Stamp, and I hope you got me one. How was the show? Uh, the show was great. Actually, one of the best shows I've been to in uh, at least a couple of years. At least. So I there were a lot of dealers there, and there seemed to be a lot of uh, foot traffic and a lot of buying and selling going on. I I think there might be something to this uh, new revved-up economy. Uh, had fun. The first day ceremony for the Dragon Stamps on Friday. That was kind of cool. Or was it Thursday? Uh, I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday, too. Yeah. Uh it was kind of cool. It was really quick. They and they had, but they had a whole lot of, uh, they had a whole lot of other kind of activities things. They had a virtual reality uh, booth set up where you come by, you put on the virtual reality headset, and you can see the dragons flying around. They had, uh, they had uh, a couple, one guy dressed up as a knight, another lady dressed up as a dragon and then a couple of women dressed up as i don't know damsels in distresses medieval type ladies oh, yeah. uh, i was i was going to call them wenches but i doubt that they <laughs> were, but they definitely weren't body so <laughs> the the knight was he wearing like actual metal armor and everything? Uh, he was, me- uh, yeah. It was simulated it, metal. It was well, yeah. it, it was aluminum plating, <laughs> so it wasn't real heavy. But, but I got to head to the USPS. They really went all out. They the booth looked like a castle. Yeah, the booth their booth looked like a castle, and they had a dragon coming out the top. I sent a picture to Dawn. Well, we actually, um, yes, we actually shared a uh, video on our Facebook page. That was taken there. So if anyone wants to go and check out what the booth looked like, yes, uh, they had a couple of different cancels. They were handing out. The, well, they handed. They had four different first day programs. One, the only difference was that the stamp that was on the outside envelope, because uh, there were four different designs. Um, big news: uh, there was an error on the dragon stamp that was found at the show. The what? bottom, the bottom row, and half of the next to bottom row were imperfect. So some of those got out, and when the post office found out, they searched their stock and pulled the rest of them. So only a few got out. Oh, so hold on. The bottom row was imperforated. The bottom row is completely imperforate, and all the way up, halfway up past the the end of the second row. Oh. So the second from the bottom row isn't completely imperfect, just the bottom half of it is. Did you see one? Was it like uh, blind perfs or was it actually no? No, it's die cut missing. Oh, yeah, they're Com- die cut. That's right. It's complete die cut missing. Yeah. And uh, Did you see any of them sell? What are the prices? 
I didn't see one sell, but I saw one on the dealer's table. He had it consigned, and he had a price of seven hundred fifty bucks on it. So, oh, good good return on your investment there. Oh yeah, what's a sheet? Two dollars? Uh, no, five dollars for a sheet. Uh, let's no, see. twenty-five 20, stamps. Twenty stamps. Twelve dollars and fifty cents. Twenty stamps. Oh, twenty stamps. So ten bucks. Yeah, so ten bucks for a sheet. Ten bucks for seven hundred and fifty. Good return. Good chance. Good trade there. And what's the odds that they would find the error at a stamp show on the first day? On the first day, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, like I said, they they uh, they stopped selling them, searched their stocks, and then put them on sale again after they pulled all the all of the ones that they found. Hmm. So, I wonder how many of them made it into the wild. Uh. Well, the word on the street was only maybe ten or eleven of them made it out. Yeah. And uh, but who knows how many others other places might have some and sell them over the counter. But so it's something to look for uh, if you buy a sheet of dragon stamps is to see if the uh, bottom row is imperforate. And then the row above it is half imperforated, which right. that's only a freak. Then that's right. not really the, going to right. have any right. Value. But it allows you to actually cut off the bottom row and have completely a completely imperforate strip. Oh, hmm. So that'll be listed that way. Yeah. I'm sure. Because I would, if I had two sheets, I would take absolutely take one sheet and cut out a strip of four, uh, completely imperfect, hmm. um, and I would leave the other sheet intact. Um, let's see what else about the show. The auction was hopping. Absolutely, um, the Harmer oh, yeah. Show auctions. I a, heard the prices was, were yeah, insane. Very, it, it was a bloodbath. It was Ugh. very strong. Very very strong. Uh, the first day they did singles, and the auction ran till one thirty in the morning. Whoa. There were so many people bidding, and uh, and of course the second day was U.S. lots and collections, and the third day was foreign lots and collections. Did you get anything? I did not get anything. How about you, Mark? I was able to get sixteen stamps on the first day of the singles. And then in the collections, I was blown out on so much stuff. It was it was really embarrassing. <laughs> it was a bloodbath, and he took it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very few items went uh, cheaply. So that was a good thing. So a strong uh, market and a strong show. Strong market, strong show. Uh, Thursday morning, I flew in Wednesday, and Thursday morning I woke up turned on the news in the in the hotel room and i mean not even 5 minutes later they had a spot uh you know how they do the local things and they had somebody at the show before it opened and they were standing in front of the exhibits doing a hey come and come to the stamp show thing they did six spots every one every half an hour for the 3 hours Wow. And it was on two. They had two different channels. Had it. ABC and Fox both had somebody there, and they did that both Wednesday, uh, Thursday, and Friday. And so I think that brought a lot of people in. So they actually marketed. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the on the minus side, they did not have a a, a sign out front of the convention center saying, "Hey, there's a stamp show here." <laughs> <laughs> so that that was kind of a. a they could have done that better, but so that was good. Uh, think about anything else at the show. 
Uh, well, you had fo- to have bought something. There was some good food in Columbus. Yeah, of course I bought something. You can't go to a show without <laughs> buying something. Okay, would you would you buy? <sighs> well, I got uh, a couple of modern color omitted errors. I got the baseball centennial stamp, and uh, it has the black engraving inscriptions omitted. So that's kind of cool. And then I got the Boston Tea Party block of four with the black engraving omitted. And I'll have Cash put those pictures up. I'm taking the pictures right now. They'll be on eBay. Or they'll be on. <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> Cash is going to sell them for you on eBay. <laughs> I'm taking yeah. the pictures <laughs> right now. I'm taking the pictures right now, and they will be on Facebook. Yeah, those are cool. Those are very neat. I always like the, uh, well, of course, the uh, baseball error is kind of famous, but I always like the uh, Boston Tea Party. Just well, the even Boston, the normal stamps. The Boston just Tea a cool Party comes walk. in with a number of different color omitted varieties, yeah. but the black engraving omitted is really kind of striking because the inscriptions around the outside are also omitted, which is... Uh, it kind of clues you in that something's wrong with this. Well, is that okay? We got to pass them around. I yeah, everybody wants this one, I wants I this one was litho omitted. No, that one's engraved. Excuse me, engraved omitted. Oh, okay. It does come with the black lithograph omitted as well. It's a very confusing stamp when you have two different types of black engraved and lithoed on the same thing. What's more confusing is if you don't have a reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out which one you have. So, Mark, what did you get at the show? Oh, I bought a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, but a few revenue stamps from uh, uh, some of the dealers there. Oh, cool. So, or Were they actually ones you're missing or... They were great-looking stamps. Right. collection. Yeah, they were great-looking stamps that improved upon stamps I already had. Yeah, they were well, nothing wrong with that. Nope. Got to spend your money twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Mark also went to a first day ceremony. This was last week, though. That was on Tuesday, the day before I left. Yep. What was that? That was the uh, magic stamp that came out. The the uh, the four, art of magic. The art of magic. Four stamps and then a little souvenir sheet that we. Five stamps and then a little souvenir sheet. Scott's holding up his hand. Five. Yes, you're right. It's five. <laughs> five stamps and another. Actually, there's six stamps. Yes. Because the lenticular stamp they, on the souvenir sheet. They had an sheet. unannounced souvenir sheet that went along with that that had lenticular printing, which means you can tilt it and get motion out of the image. And it's got a little rabbit. So when you hold it flat, you can't see the uh, rabbit. And then as you bend it up, the rabbit pops out of the hat. So it's like a rabbit coming out of the hat. It's funny. At the Ta-da! ceremony, yeah. the uh, the guy from USPS gets on the stage and says, yeah, I'd like to, uh, we're prou- proud to announce the, the issuance of these six stamps. And I looked at Cash and I said, six? Does this guy not know that there's only five in the sheet? <laughs> yeah, we. it was... Uh, and I know Tom takes credit because, what, two or three days before it is when you heard that there was going to be a souvenir yeah, sheet. Popped it up on Twitter. Yeah. But I thought, and it was a different stamp, though, and I, I thought they would just take, like, one of the normal ones and stick it in there. Plus, Scott saw a variety at the uh, Columbus show. Yeah, at the Columbus show, another error was discovered. They found that souvenir sheet imperforate, completely without die cuts. 
Yeah, they had sold out of the sheets that they had in stock, like on the first part of the show, first day, maybe. Yeah, the first day. 2,000 sheets they sold out, so they were reordered more. And they were taking names of people and quantities that they wanted because I put my name in. I said, yeah, I, I want some of these. And so they came in, and I went to buy them, and she says, no, we're out. I said, well, hey, what happened to the saving the stamps for me? And she says, well, what happened was is that they started selling them, and they started setting them aside, and then it was discovered that they were imperforate. And so they made a quick call to Washington, and the head honcho in Washington said, nope, pull them off of sale. And it turns <sighs> out that four out of the six pads that they had gotten in reserve were all imperforate. And how many of the pads made it to the uh, wild? Uh, only, again, about 10 or 11. Ooh, Individuals uh, um, souvenir sheets. Because yeah, we we were at we were at the first day day ceremony, and they had opened up their stamp sales at ten o'clock in the morning, and then the first day ceremony was at two fifteen, and at two fifteen they had sold out of all the souvenir sheets. Because when we left, I go, well, we got to check that, and we go up there, and they go, sorry, no more. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're being sold at post offices. They don't have them at our main nope. post office here. And they're not sold online because I checked online. So the only place you can get them would be the Stamp Cave in Kansas. And let me give you the order number for the Art of Magic Souvenir Sheet of Three. It is item number 565204. And to order them from the uh, Philatelic Stamp Cave, uh, their number, which they don't post anymore... It's 1-800-782-6724. Isn't that stamp 24? Uh, that could be. Yeah, because when we were driving back from the first day ceremony, he got on the phone immediately and called, and they had to search to try to find the uh, souvenir sheet. It wasn't like right there. Right. I mean, the, the fellow who was there goes, oh, uh, let me – because at first he goes, oh, yeah, the sheet of 20, no problem. They go, no, 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 the sheet of three. And actually, at that point, we didn't know it was a sheet of three. Right, right. He's, he asked, you mean the sheet of three? We said, yeah, that's got to be it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know how many stamps were on it. But the oh. first day ceremony was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, David Copperfield. Yeah, David Copperfield came out for about... He made an appearance. <laughs> 15 and a half seconds. And then he but disappeared. But did he make a disappearance? <laughs> yeah. Ta-da! Apparently. Yeah, he walked out. He said, thank you, post office. He said maybe a sentence or two. Turned around raised his hands up and then the uh like the curtains fell down and showed the stamps and then he like waved and walked off this stage he he, he might have been there 30 seconds maybe <laughs> but i still want his autograph but those uh the sheets um they're a little bit thicker they're they're not like plasticky thick but they're a little bit thicker and they're very sticky on the edges so it's kind of a weird yeah weird that, kind of a sheet that, that's probably due to the lenticular printing right oh yeah but they're quite attractive, so yes, I would definitely get one. Yes, the souvenir sheets are, are very attractive. So the Royal Mail is coming out with a new sheet of stamps. What are they? Um, it's a sheet of eight stamps for the Old Vic, which is the uh, name of a very old uh, theater in London. And if you want some uh, movie stars on stamps, they have like Laurence Olivier and Albert Finney and uh, 
Judy Dench. Yeah, John Gilgood. Oh, yeah, John Gilgood. He's on it, too. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you can also, they're not released until August 30th, but uh, you can go on and order them now on the Royal Mail's website. Oh, Richard Burton has a stamp coming out. This is interesting it's, because... That's Richardson. Ralph Richardson, isn't it? Richards, I thought Richard Burton was on there. Oh, Richard Burton's on there. Yeah. Is he? There's Henry V. Yeah. It's an interesting... Oh! Never mind. <laughs> so if you collect movie stars on stamps, um, you know, it, they cash in by putting living people on stamps. Oh, absolutely. If you have to wait 10 years into, until after a person's dead and then they have a long life. Can you imagine them putting a Harvey Weinstein stamp out? Oh, yeah. Well, you, I mean, that, <laughs> that ain't going to happen now. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, they could have very easily put out a Michael Jackson stamp or a Bill Cosby stamp. I mean, they put out a stamp for the Cosby show. Joe yes. Paterno stamp. Uh, that would have been stretching it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson, guaranteed they would have had stamps. And so, you know, you, I understand. And the old Vic, you know, you are dealing with people who probably nothing really bad is going to come out about. I don't know. I've been I've been watching the UK Daily Mail and and some <laughs> seems like <laughs> Just about anybody whose name has recognition is being accused of something. Well, you, it's happened in Hollywood, too. I mean, look at how many shows are being canceled and, yeah. and uh, all sorts of political upheaval just from accusations. True or not, they're just ruining people's lives. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that if you examined anybody's life under a microscope long enough, you're going to find something. And these Same are people thing. who you know, have microscopes on them. Well, same thing with stamps. You put a microscope on it, you can find something wrong. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That, <laughs> all, that's you actually... all you do is crank up the, the yeah. magnification. Yeah, I heard that find something wrong. from Chris Harmer. He said, yeah. uh, you know, every stamp is faulty. You just need enough magnification. That is true. And so, yeah, but I, you know, Richard Burton... I mean, he he had trash about him the day after his movies were released. I mean, so I think he's weathered the storm. He was a well-known drunk. And John Gilgood. And he's been dead about 40 years. And John Gilgood, who my favorite actor of all times in the movie Arthur. That's where I picture John Gilgood. Yeah. Oh, I love Laurence Olivier. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. And, yeah. of course, Judy Dench. Nice issue, nice artwork, a great little sheet of eight stamps. Uh, if you're interested in uh, movie stars on stamps, take a look. Well, I think you mentioned um, that it celebrates the old Vic, but it's actually the 200th anniversary of the theater. Oh. So that's a pretty impressive runtime. That is an old, old Vic. <laughs> So anyone notice anything trending in stamp collecting? Why, yes, I have. I have noticed that it seems to be that uh, postal history 
and topical collecting seem to be more popular uh, and just straight up country collecting seems to be fading a little bit in comparison. Well, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I collect 1850 to 1859, and that's a topic. It's the Industrial Revolution. But I mean, I'm talking about modern stamps. Topical collecting is really blossoming, and... uh, and the old standard of collecting just one country or a group of countries is, seems to be taking a back seat. Although those who are collecting by country uh, a lot of times are limiting themselves to the, the classics 1840 to 1940. Yeah, I can see that. But, but, you know, if you collect 1840 to 1940, eventually it, I had a stamp Eventually collect- you'll have to expand because you'll run out of areas you can afford. Right. I had a U.S. collection. I was missing 200 stamps. Actually, a few less. But I was missing about 200 stamps. And they were just stamps that I did not want to pay for. They were way too expensive. You know, I'm missing a number five. Well, actually, I had a number five. But I was missing, like, a number six. And I was missing... 99% of the special printings and stuff like yeah, that. Well, you know my opinion on that. Number five and number six should not have separate catalog numbers. Oh, I... I At least not major spaces. I totally agree with that. I just, totally Just agree. like 10 and 11 should not. Yep, yep. We agree 100% on that. But yeah, I guess another trend is just the fact that uh, the APS show had such a great... Attendance and a great auction also shows real strength in the market. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there were lots and lots of Internet bidders, yeah. and that's primarily what slows the auctions down. Because yeah. I know Chris Harmer, and, and he can go pretty quick when there's nobody on the Internet. Yeah. But the show also seemed uh, fairly active throughout the entire length of the show, not just confined to one day. You know, a lot of dealers were complaining about Sunday morning. You know, the show opens at 10 o'clock, and it, at noon, there's still almost nobody came to the show until I started reminding them, hey, look, Columbus, is, Ohio, is in the Bible Belt. Everybody went to church, and then they went to brunch before they came to the stamp show. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> 1 to one thirty, people started showing up. <laughs> there you go. And... and I'm sad to say that there were a lot of dealers that started packing up between 2 and 2.30. And it, it was really upsetting to me because by the time it reached 4 o'clock, easily three-quarters of the dealers had at least started to break down their booth. And uh, I thought that was just not right. Yeah. I mean, you've well, advertised that the show is open until 4. Well, Steve, Why isn't the show yeah. open until four? I was going to say, Steve Patillo, like Orco Expo, he there's goes, no... no, nobody... Well, supposedly that's in the APS contract. Yeah. And uh, if you leave early, then you are not allowed... They don't invite you to come back. Well, people don't leave, but they break everything down, so they're sitting at like an empty table. Oh, no, like, some no, of them you, left. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's blatantly... I mean, I could I could call out a handful of names that I know were gone by three. <laughs> I mean, literally, completely vacated. So that's usually rough because uh, a lot of convention centers you have hired help, like in the New York show, where 
you know, they're the ones who are supposed to be taking things in and out. Yeah, but when you so have a, when you have a dealer that can throw a bunch of stuff into a suitcase and walk off the floor. Yeah. I mean, you throw in one or two suitcases. How is how are they going to stop you? Yeah. True. I mean, I can see if you have to load it up on a cart, they'll they'll stop you and say, "Hey, no, you have to have a union guy do this." But if you're just dragging a, a couple of suitcases, they can't stop you. Well, by Sunday at one, I did run out of money, so <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't matter for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking about topical collecting, World Honeybee Day is coming up on August 18th. Has anybody made any plans? Not get stung. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Get drunk on honey. Well, they have a couple of bees. In the United States, we only have one bee stamp. One bee stamp. One bee stamp. We it's have two bee stamps. Yeah. Oh, we do? There's the purple B and eagle. To be or not to be. <laughs> there's the purple letter B stamp. Oh! <laughs> and then there's the 25 cent honeybee stamp. All right. Okay, there's only one honeybee stamp. So the honeybee stamp is just the coil. Just the coil, yes. the purple B is sheet and then little tiny booklet and then coil. Now, that, so, something that We're not going to count that. Now, <laughs> that now, that some, is not going to go in a topical collection. <laughs> something that it, most it, people it, don't know. Honeybee day, not letter bee day. Yes. Something that most people don't know is that on the honeybee stamp, there is actually a, a hidden plate number. Oh. It's a little B, oh. it's a little B1 hidden in the, hidden in the design. Yeah. And it occurs just huh. like a plate number every so many stamps. Oh, that's interesting. And there's a couple varieties of that stamp as well. Yeah, there's some color-omitted uh, varieties. Uh, there's an imperfect coil variety. Um, no surprises there. I think there's a coil pair imperfect between. There's the black engraving omitted. There's the black lithograph omitted. I've seen a lot where the yellow is omitted. I believe that might <coughs> come with the... Uh, I think the yellow and the green are omitted together. Oh, okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. But aren't there also two tagging varieties? Um, I, I, th- I think you might be right on that. Yeah. I would have to look up the Maybe one's listing. a narrow and one's a wide or something like that. I'd have to look up the listing real quick. Well, the, uh, I put up some pictures of the British ones. The British had a really great set of six Bs and then a seventh stamp for the buff-tailed bumblebee. And we were listening about bumblebees today because bees came to America. They are not indigenous here. They, uh, they were imported. And uh, the bumblebees are, are being killed off, they think, by the honeybees. So uh, that's an interesting thing to see what happens with the bee species. There is a great YouTube site called Film Theory, and if you want to hear more about bumblebees and bees, uh, Film Theory, the bee movie, the one with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, they do a really good take on that about bees and how they exist and what they're doing in the environment and things like that. Rather interesting story. If you can get through the first five minutes of the video. I don't know, Mark, did you have a problem getting through the first five minutes? Well, I was eating, so it was just going on (laughs) in the background. 
See, I love Film Theory. I, I think it's a great site. Well, I think it's the second greatest site. I think that a stamp show here today is the best <laughs> site on uh, YouTube, and then uh, Film Theory is, like, tied for second. So our featured story. Our featured story today under PSE News. How do you ship your stamps through the mail? Everyone is concerned about losing their stamp. We here at PSE get many valuable items shipped to us, but in addition, we have a few big eBay sellers here to discuss this touchy issue. How do you ship your eBay lots? Well, eBay requires that you include a tracking number with every shipment, but that's kind of impractical for, for you know, lower uh, value stamps. So, I didn't know they required it. Oh, yeah. yeah that's really required? The, yeah, yeah, that's part of the user agreement. Oh, but I if you. Um, but for, for stamps that are valued under $60, I just uh, sent them, you know, 50 cent first class mail. But uh, anything over that, I'll send um, by uh, first class parcel, which is $3.50. And if I'm sending to a foreign country, I'll go registered mail. I tend to avoid registered mail, but uh, I draw the line at $100. So if it's over $100, I send it certified. And certified costs four dollars and eighty five cents four sixty five or four eighty five I forget which one well, it I is. think that's one of the reasons is because you send out you you sell so many more items than Mark or I would oh, I would kill myself if I had to uh, get sign or a, a note tracking number on every lot i you know I will send hundreds of lots out there, and I'm charging the people like a buck for shipping. The tracking number helps um and actually, since um, since the new tracking numbers have gone into effect a few years ago, um, I haven't had really any losses with USPS, although I did have an interesting uh, situation where I sent a stamp to a guy, and um, after a few weeks, it didn't show up, and so uh, I had to refund him his money. But then uh, 41 days after shipping it, it actually showed up at his door. 41 days? Was it inside the U.S. or foreign? It was U.S. Oh, because I have a... I can beat you on that one. I sold a stock book. I sold the stock book for $25. And a person in Madagascar bought it. And I go, you know, how much is it going to cost to ship? And I pull it all up, and it's like $40 to ship. And he goes, I'm not paying $40. And he go, hold on, let me see. So I did it like slow boat, and it cost $12. And he goes, okay, I'll pay the $12. It took two and a half months to get from California to Madagascar via slow boat. That's a you, slow boat. You didn't realize that slow boat meant rowboat. Yeah. <laughs> really? Plus Madagascar. I mean, that's uh, not on the beaten track anyway. But one of the things that uh, brought this up was a person sent their stamps here to PSE. And they wrapped up. And I got a, I bought some, a stamp on eBay, and I got exactly the same thing, and I ended up destroying my stamp. Um, the person just basically wrapped it in packing tape, maybe literally ten layers of packing tape, and you know it was cardboard, cardboard stamps, packing tape all over the place like a mummy, and we had to cut it out. And we were sitting there going, how do we cut this so that we're sure we don't cut the stamp? Because the stamp could have moved around and stuff like that. Sure. And it was, 
a potential disaster. People, if you are shipping things, do not tape things up like that. Personally, I bought a stamp from uh, India, and it was in India number four, a nice little stamp. And the person did the same thing, put it between two pieces of cardboard, and then scotch taped the heck out of it. And I had to cut through the scotch tape to try to get it. Well, the scotch tape had grabbed one of the corners of the stamp. And as I pulled it out, it just, the stamp basically tore in half. It was just a mess. And it was, I didn't leave the guy a negative, but it was like, don't do this. You should have. Don't do this. I should have. You absolutely should have. Yeah, I mean, you you got (laughs) the horror story of it. I got a correction for the, the bumblebee. Uh-oh. What's the bumblebee correction? Um, there is no hidden plate number on this one. I was thinking of the pine cone. Oh, that's oh. right. Yeah. And uh, Mark was right. There's a small block and a large block tagging varieties. There's the black engraved omitted, the black litho omitted, and the yellow litho omitted varieties. There's also a coil pair imperfect between and a coil pair uh, tagging omitted. And let's see, there's an imperfect coil. And then there's a variety of the plate number one. There's two plate numbers, plate one, number one and plate number two. So if you're collecting strips. And then the, pl- the number one plate number actually has two varieties, a short one and a tall one. Hmm. What is the difference between large blocking and small blocking? Uh, that refers to the size of the tagged area on the stamp. Uh, when you light it up with the UV lamp, the small block is obvious, obviously a smaller area. Generally, it's narrower, and uh, occasionally it's uh, shorter, but most of the time it's just a narrower block. Uh, uh, but sometimes it's both narrower and shorter. And then the large block is just what it says. It's a larger block, generally covers almost the entire stamp. There's also a difference in the color, too, but it's really subtle. Um, So if you don't have a UV lamp, you can still tell the difference between one and the other, but it's hard to describe the difference. Yeah. Really, if if it covers, uh, you know, 90, 95% of the stamp, then it's probably large block. And if it covers maybe only 80% of the stamp, then it's a small block. Mm -hmm. But I meant the, the colors of the stamp itself. Right, the um, colors shift a little bit, and uh, part of that's due to color registration. Part of that's due to uh, just a slightly different ink. So back to shipping, Mark. When you send stuff, you send it via um, parcel. How does that work? Yeah, first class parcel. So I'll um, I'll put it on a card, and then I'll tape the card to a piece of cardboard, and then um, um, then I'll put that in the envelope, and then um, uh, I usually use stamps. Um, with eBay, you can actually print the label out on a plain sheet of paper or on, or on um, label paper. Oh, um, people don't like that. I got my first negatives back 15 years ago or whatever it was for using a meter instead of stamps. I got seven negatives. My first seven negatives was from a guy who said, uh, you didn't use stamps. Shame on you. Well, the problem with, uh, with using stamps now is that it all has to go over the post office counter. Yeah. So, um, so if you if you don't use the eBay label, you definitely and you and you use stamps, and it has to have tracking. You have to take it to the post office. So, how do you do? How do you submit something 
for a parcel though is there a little sticker or a stamp or do you fill out a because when i do certified i just you know get the green certified i print two shipping labels i stick one to the certified slip and the other one goes on the envelope um what that's how you do certified but i have no idea actually how to do parcel well first class parcel first it has to be thick it has to be thicker than a quarter of an inch um and it has to be stiff um like a package um, so, uh, basically I use, uh, at least, you know, one and a half or, or two, uh, um, layers of cardboard to provide the thickness and then they'll, then they'll actually, uh, add tracking because if you just send it in an envelope, you don't get tracking. Oh, interesting. And then registered, I always suggest nobody use registered because it tends to mark your packages as something valuable where a certified mail it could be you know somebody notifying you that you're late on your credit card but if it's registered people go oh something in here and you know even the insurance companies tell you do not send things registered well the problem i have with with not going registered is if you send something say to uh, foreign country priority they don't uh, not all of them have the reciprocal tracking oh, yeah. where, where, where you can track the delivery. And eBay insists that, um, that they be able to track it all the way to the door for delivery. And so that's why I, send, that's why I use registered mail because you even no matter the foreign country, you still get um, uh, tra- tracking all the way to the door. Yeah. So, Mark, a, me personally, I will lose maybe one out of 200 or one out of 300 items that I send. And I just sort of chalk chalk it up to uh, cost of business. You know, I do not pay $2 for everything. I pay 50 cents for everything. So I come out way ahead if I don't lose very many. But, you know, I, like I said, one out of 200, one out of 300, that's just a cost of doing business. What are your losses? What do you see? I, I don't think I've actually lost a piece of mail um, that I know of for at least three years. The closest call was the one where I talked about where it took 41 days to get to the guy. Well, in my opinion, I don't think I lose anything either. I think it's put in the wrong P.O. box, and then it doesn't come back. Or, or the person says, hey, wow, this is a really great stamp. I really like this. Dear eBay, I did not receive the stamp. And it's like, uh, okay, fine. May, uh, people well, should like be confident that their stuff isn't going to get lost because it rare really it rarely does get lost and if you have tracking on it it in my opinion it never gets lost that i've seen right right um and they the usps does have a program where even if it's not insured you can initiate um some sort of uh, uh some sort of search um which i did on this particular package of uh, the 41 day package um, I don't think it actually works. Um, that program, I don't think that program actually works because I submitted it and they're supposed to get back to you within 24 hours with an answer. Uh, and which you're they still did waiting. Not. Right. <laughs> uh, but the package did get through, so. Oh, okay. Well, my, I, my first eBay retur- uh, negative was uh, I had actually sold a Star Wars plastic model and I sent it off, cause, and some girl bought it for her boyfriend or her husband or something. And uh, and uh, I, I get this negative, and eBay won't do anything about it. And uh, the thing comes back 30 days later, 
and it's got unclaimed by. <laughs> I mean, it basically it sat at the post office. She never claimed it, but then she claimed I never sent it. Yeah. And uh, but the moral of the story is I got the the item back, even though it was a pain in the ass, and I had to live with the negative for a year or two years or whatever, forever. I have a rating of oh I I don't even remember it's uh last time I checked I think it was like sixty seven thousand or something like that it's probably higher yeah mine's mine's I, pretty low I'm still less than a thousand I'm like eight hundred and fifty oh. or something like that yeah I yeah I don't really care you know, I care about the negatives but there's really kind of no way I mean the last negative I got was written in French. <laughs> and I have no clue whatsoever. It was just Google Translate. <laughs> I, 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 bleh, you know, it's like whatever. So you know, people complain and they put the negative up. I will tell you though, I only get negatives for cheap stuff. If a person spends fifty bucks for a stamp, they want it fixed. If yes. they spent two dollars for a stamp, they go screw it, just take a negative and go away. And uh, so, yeah, if you if you list expensive stuff, you don't get nearly as many negatives because people want to resolve stuff. I had one guy. I, I I sold a cover and he paid like fifteen bucks for it. It was a it was a baseball cover. It, was, it went to a sports guy, and uh, so he so he sends me a message. I didn't get it. When did you send it? So I sent him this detailed information, even though I didn't have tracking. I gave him the the date and the hour and the location <laughs> of the post office and all this other stuff where I sent it, and uh, his his comment was, "Well, sucks to be you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he never filed a negative. <laughs> no, well, did he get a refund? And I ne- no, he never filed for a refund no. either. Because I have one, I just got. So I I just sat there waiting for him to tell me that I had to refund his money, yeah. but he never reported it to eBay. Yeah, I have one right right now. Like I said, I lose very, very few items. I had a sneaking suspicion a he received it and he just didn't want to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And they're saying, you know, they didn't get it in, you know, it's the middle of August and it was shipped in July. So, and it was a U.S. address, so it should be there. And it's like, well, you know, if it doesn't arrive, then here's your refund. But, you know, I always say, well, wait till Friday. Because, you know, if you wait till Friday, then I can do it on Monday. Uh, because 99% of the time, I mean, I've gotten complaints before it was mailed. It's like, I paid yesterday. I don't have it today. Uh, can you check and see when it was shipped? Must have been a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just look at it and go delete. You'll, you'll get it when it shows up. Because <laughs> I, I personally do shipping on Tuesday and Thursday. So if you pay Thursday late, it's not going to get shipped until Tuesday. So you have to wait four days before it even hits the mail. And that creates some problems, but I don't want to have to, you know, ship stuff because I sell cheap stuff. I had had an item on eBay I was bidding on when I left for the stamp show, and I apparently won it on Wednesday or Thursday when I wasn't here. And, of course, I, I got, like, two messages from eBay and a message from the guy, you haven't paid yet and it's been five days. So I, I dropped the guy a little note, sorry, I was at the APS show. Yeah. And, he, and he came back, oh, wow, that's great. I wish I could. That's on my list of things I want to do. I haven't been able to go. And he was, he was cool with it. So 
Yeah, you know, that is one of the benefits of being like in the podcast and working for PSE is once they find out who you are, it's like, oh, my goodness, like, uh, I think this stamp is fake. And I go, well, I work in a building where we have, you know, a bunch of experts in here and none of them agree with you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought, well, it was a Lichtenstein stamp. And it, it, he goes, oh, I thought these were engraved and this is lithograph. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. Have a nice day. Well, since we do work with a bunch of experts in the building, I would like to say you are incorrect. There isn't only one B stamp. <gasps> what? Not counting the purple one that has the B rate. Protect the pollinators. So huh? that oh, that's right. That's a recent has, stamp. Has two different Bs on it. What? Yeah. Show me, show me, show me. I've never seen that before. It's released in August of last year. It's almost a year old. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's got butterflies, too. Yeah, it's actually well, a very pretty issue. Watch out. Tom, uh, Tom guy actually knows a thing or two. So, th <laughs> so three stamps. Cadges, corrections... Doesn't need to be in the same episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just corrected. Well, we're all corrected because I, I was like, really? There's only one. I thought I've seen more. Well, anything it's else? It's actually really interesting because I called up a um, a thing looking for it, and I found this random thing that says, "Let's be friends," and it says forty-seven cents U.S. postage and save the honeybee, but I can't find any reference to it. I think somebody just made that up. Oh yeah. And save the honeybee. You don't want to save the honeybee. They're killing off the uh, native species. Yeah, there's no 47 cent stamp. And there's, no, and there's no 47 cent stamp. We want exactly. Africanized honeybees. <laughs> no honeybees. Native pollinators. What was the name of the one? The sweat bee? The sweat bee, yeah. The sweat bee, yeah. yeah. We used to have those. Where, where I grew up, we always had, we had sweat bees. They're, they're little tiny bees. Yeah. Oh, they were talking about. And they're this all week. sweaty. They're just nasty. They're little green yeah, ones. Yeah, no. When when you're outside playing in the yard or whatever, yeah. When you get nasty, then they come around. <laughs> <laughs> so native pollinators, uh, they're not as attractive as bumblebees, but uh, they're there. Yeah. It's a to send up. It's a to send up. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper@gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. Worst episode ever. Oh, not even close.